welcome to the Daft Souls podcast. Today I'm joined, as I often am, by Mr. Chris Bratt. Hello. But also as a special guest, Mr. Simon Miller. Oh man, special guest as well. And I brought you a special voice too. You're not I Simon brought, Miller. I Who is this man? I brought you my special Simon Miller Daft Souls voice, which I'll only use on this podcast. It's patented to this. I won't use it anywhere else. So it's like a treat for everybody. It is a bit of a, a trick as well. Like in the fact you have to like you have to be quite familiar with what you sound like to be able to work out just from the cadence that it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> and the laugh. The laugh is still unmistakable. The laugh is still there. It's just not as empowering maybe as it was before. But it's fine. You know, it's winter. Some people get sore throats. It's all good. Indeed. We plough on board. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't understand what's going on, we all used to work together at Video Gamer and did the video we game. Did. Yeah, and then podcast. you two left. And then Oof. we left. But, you know. Yeah, hey, you're still there. Oh, <laughs> Lol. Oh. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll just briefly, because I've not really been playing much lately. So mm. I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've, I've got... I got myself a PS Vita in the post the other day, didn't I? Oh, very nice. It is nice. You're on the PS Vita bandwagon now. Yeah, officially. well, it's kind of like, it's it's a nice bit of gear. Yeah. Um, it's quite thin. Yeah. It's all right. I mean, I've got a lot of the PS Plus games on it, so I had a bit of a go on, on Luft Rousers, which... I love them. It's good. I don't I think I played that with you, actually. You did. I thought, I know that game, and it made me... It's because Christopher Bratt was kind enough to introduce it to yeah. me, so I'm with you. We've got differing opinions about. on Van Beer, haven't we, really? Yeah, the, we do. You're not, you're not a fan of Van Beer, by any chance? I thought it was okay. I thought, well, I, I thought I was okay. <laughs> I've never thought about it again since then, but it uh, doesn't mean I won't go back to it one day. Who knows? I can't tell, actually. I played uh, Left Rousers for about 10, 15 minutes. And uh, I had fun with it, but by that point, actually, I was sort of ready for something else. Mm. But I don't know. I couldn't tell they if are, that was I think like... they were designed to be played in those kind of... Yeah. Like little burst games, yeah. like a mobile game. I, right? It's not my favourite out there. I, I think Nuclear Throne is, is the one that I always go back to. I'm still holding off on that, um, because of the way he's like, you know... It is early access. It's so, early access, yeah. and he's made a big deal of the transition between early access. Mm-hmm. Which I like, that idea. He's like, I'm not going to discount it at any point, because it's not out yet. Yeah. Or do discounts when it's out. You know, I, I saw that it's like um, I don't know how much this really means, but it's what it's one of the highest rated games uh, by users on Steam. I think just because of like they've, they've built this community around it as it's built. Oh, yeah. uh, I think yeah, they're doing. A I think cool it's thing. pretty much a masterclass in like how to build up do a community access as well, around yeah. early access. Um, but because of that, I kind of thought, well, no, actually, rather than playing it early, I thought, sure. oh, well, I'll wait till it's out. Yeah, it makes sense. And then finish experience. Get to experience because I mean it must be really good when it's out because they've won <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. it has to be now uh, I get no sympathy for anybody but Love Rousers seemed okay um, and yeah I mean actually one of the games I got bundled with it which I've heard so much about and I haven't really played yet is Tearaway ah right. oh, okay now I'm the same I'm in the same boat I hear nothing but praise but I have no opinion it's, on it whatsoever I, mean, I played it for about five minutes mm. and all I can say on it is that and I was saying this just before we started recording the podcast to, to Brat that um it's the sort of game where I start playing it and I was like, this is too good to play on a train. Like, I could just oh, I tell. See, right, I'm yeah. like, this isn't a train game. Like, or if it is, it's a long journey game. Yeah, like, where you're going to settle in and This isn't a little commute thing. Like you're going to the US or something, maybe. Like you need, like, I, I'm like that with certain handheld games. You, uh, they, they almost feel too good. You're going to waste them. If someone's chatting to you on the bus or the bus is too loud or whatever, like... You, that's it. You don't want like, that when you're you just know it's a sign of quality when you go. This is too good <laughs> for public transport. <laughs> too good for public transport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It deserves my full attention. It's like well, the Nintendo Gold Seal yeah. modern yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think it, it, that may have been influenced by the fact that obviously Tearaway does that whole thing with the camera. Mm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and it's like you don't so want to do like, that on public transport. It's actually. you, and it was like. Just suddenly filling the screen was this like dimly lit coal <laughs> face wearing a hood, <laughs> like with bright harsh lights behind me of the ceiling of the train, just being like, 
Yeah, that is me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I don't want to be reminded. It. it was one of these things where, like, all the people I'd seen on Twitter when it came out were all like posting screenshots of them, like, with big grinning faces, being like, "Ah, oh, look at me!" <laughs> and I'm just there, like, my life is I shit. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, did you go with it? Because I think that would be a really interesting thing to have in the background. I just just felt... like you're in this colourful, lovely, whimsical world. But you're reminded but by you, you glance up towards the sun, you see reality. Like, well, there's something to that. I think I kind of know yeah. because I think that the and this is one of the reasons I think it's just not good for commuting. Is it's like um, I don't know. I get what you mean. It might be funny, but at the same time, yeah, like what, what's awesome. nice about playing video games is. They can take your mind to these yeah. wonderful, <laughs> colourful, exactly. exciting and cheer you up a little bit. If and you it's like, it, yeah. I, you know, when I'm playing it and when I'm not on the screen, I feel quite happy. I feel quite like, oh, but then every time I'm reminded of, of where I am right now, what I look like, how tired I look, I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. People say they don't want video games to be too realistic sometimes because the real world is rubbish. That's sort of like, this is the ultimate edition of that. Like, that's a getaway fucking game. mirror on the screen. Yeah. Um, Imagine, like, I don't know, like playing Bastion or something and every like five minutes it's like, you do look like shit, by the way. Just yeah. so we're clear, you, you look terrible. I don't right want now. you ever to make games, Chris. <laughs> That'd be horrible Listen, and depressing and mean. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the plan. Up, it's like popping up in the loading screen in between games when I'm taking a break. Just come out saying you're fat, you're lonely, no one will ever love you. Just a reminder. Yeah, now, thanks for playing. Now back to the You played this for 50 hours this week. No. You officially don't have a social life. Congratulations, you loser. I don't know, I just, I mean, I kind of, it's weird having a game where I sort of feel like I've got to, I've got to put on my best clothes and do my hair. <laughs> it shows you care though, man. Hey, it shows you're going to give it attention and you'll get something back as well. That's how it works. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the more that. you put in, the more you get out. It does look like fun though, actually. Uh, and I'm looking forward to... It's one of those games, I think, because of the art style, because of the whole paper thing. And yeah, it is lovely. It does look paper. lovely. I mean, it's the sort of thing I might, you know, I can probably get away with playing when I'm sitting next to my girlfriend and being like, "Look at this." Yeah. She won't be interested, but <laughs> she won't like dislike it as much as as the other stuff. As other stuff. Yeah. You, you just reminded me of like a very brief period in my life where I was interested in the football managing games. Um, football manager. Really? And, yeah. I'm I, surprised. I, yeah, I, I, I like it's. It's actually a really good strategy game. Um, but I remember, like, because you, you play as yourself as the manager, I remember taking a photo of myself for the profile picture and, like, dressing up in a big coat that I thought oh, made geez. me look like a manager. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How old were you? Two, two weeks old, ago. Too old. Yeah. <laughs> too old for that. that. 25. Yeah. I guess the difference is that I used to do the same stuff and like, I used to kind of even know when I was doing it, I'm a bit too old for this. Mm. But then you kind of get older and you carry on doing it, but you just start doing it without any sense of shape. Yeah, <laughs> just, just accept it. This is what I'm like. You're rather being like, oh, this is embarrassing, but like, it's going to be amazing. But yeah, so that's pretty much all I've been playing this week, apart from Shovel Knight, but I might talk about that in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What have you been playing, Simon? Well, I've been all over Dragon Age. Now, before this podcast, Matt, you seem to be desperate to play Dragon Age, so I don't want to spoil anything well, for you or your we'll, listeners. We'll follow on just for the... Because um, basically we did a podcast, it might have been the last one or one before, where mm. Brat talked about it, and it was right. annoying because he was just before the point in the game where it kind of gets a bit Dragon age Yes. So yeah. he just sort of went, mm, it's all right, <laughs> and then immediately went, oh, it's actually better. Within like that. two hours of like gameplay after leaving that podcast yeah there, there, there is one real Dragon Age yeah. moment in it so um, hopefully listeners are as fascinated as I am to know what you guys both think mm. of it having played more than that I like it but my problem with it is is it as I was saying to Chris before we started it's not a Dragon Age game if you look at it as, a, as an overall thing and my big problem now with the whole Dragon Age franchise has become 
what the hell is Dragon Age? They're like, three genuinely, very different games. They're three they? completely different games. And I think my the reason that upsets me so much is because I'm a big Mass Effect fan. And the Mass Effect series is what I wanted the Dragon Age series to be, but with fantasy. That was my dream. That was, yeah. that was my dream, damn it. Um, <laughs> and it's not that at all. I mean, Dragon Age Origins is separate to Dragon Age 2, which is now separate from Inquisition. They tie in, you know, with story threads and obviously by I tying back to your choices. The, the fan service stuff in that game is one of my favourite things about it. I think they actually... We, we talked about the weird way that Dragon Age Keep works, which is the, the system used to, to create your your world state before you which start. Which is far trickier than it needs to yeah, be. Well, we don't it, need to get into yeah. that. Um, but, so I, I feel like they sometimes they didn't really know what to do with Dragon Age Origins stuff, but with Dragon Age 2, I feel like the callbacks were really good. Um, yeah, I, I've heard I, I that. Care, I actually ended up caring about Hawk in, in Inquisition, yeah. which I didn't see coming, because Hawk, Hawk being the, the lead character in 2. He's an asshole. Not necessarily, you know... It wasn't the character that everyone wanted. The thing but. is, I keep hearing from people. Um, Chris Thurston said that he, like, yeah, a lot of the callbacks, a lot of the stuff is mm. Dragon Age 2 related. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, the cameos, some of the cameos are great, and they're treated with the gravitas you want them to yeah. as well. They're not sort of, they never take up too I much never time. Played, but but I never played Dragon Age 2, so I'm now in this position, right, where I didn't difficult. have time yeah. to run out and buy Dragon Age Inquisition on the day of launch. Mm. It's been like bloody two weeks now, and I still haven't got it. <laughs> so it's getting to that point where it's like, is it worth me just. Getting Dragon Age two, if you can blitz, mm, it's quite That's long. The problem is you can't blitz a game <laughs> no, like that. No, no, no. It's yeah, I think I think maybe, uh, yeah, not just kind potentially of yes, or maybe focusing on the combat too much. Maybe just yeah. lift the difficulty way down and just kind of soak up the story. It, oh, that is a tough one, really, because Dragon Age two is the one that the, the kind of controversial one, right? <laughs> yeah, I think you may be better off reading Wikipedia entry or something than <laughs> actually play through the game. But that oh, is man. not, and then deciding which of the, because you can go to the keep and you can decide, well, he read well, so I'll be his friend. <laughs> I had to do um, that anyway, and I played the game. Like, Oh, wait, the keep uh, stuff is terrible. But I mean, I don't know. That's a very good question, because yeah, the callbacks to two are better than Origins. Mm. And the callbacks are the best things about the games anyway. If they hadn't have nailed those, I would be devastated yeah, with sure. Inquisition mm-hmm. just because I mean what they've done is Inquisition much like 2 felt feels like a reset it feels like I, I think that's why there's no 3 on it mm. I really do think they've gone okay Origins was great but it didn't sell as much as we want I don't mean this in a, in a cynical way though. I mean genuinely they're like okay we need to appeal to more people because oh, yeah, we want yeah. the Dragon Age brand to be bigger so they tried 2 and 2 was obviously very hack slash combat and you're hawk and you're a badass and the cover's a man with blood on your sword and in Inquisition they've gone oh no that it's changed again so let's start afresh here you know we're going open world we're gonna take in elements from Assassin's Creed and there's some Dark Souls to it as well which is fine I don't mind them doing that and I think like I say if you take it on its own merits it's a great game and it's a great RPG it seems like they're trying to, they made more of a conscious effort to try and tap into that Skyrim market as well yeah. oh, oh massively look at oh, the trailer like definitely actually yeah. look at the trailers across Dragon Age's lifespan and you see very like you can see the change in focus as it happens yeah like Dragon Age the, the trailer for Dragon Age 2 is like a, a really flashy thing where like the male Hawk character is um about to have a fight with one of the Kunari, which is actually kind of, you know, not it's not even the main no, part of the game. It looks really, cool. And it looks very, very <laughs> yeah. cool. And everyone was excited about it, including people that didn't play Origins. Yeah, but it, I, I mean, think that was... But again, okay. Dragon Age 2 is a good game of its by itself. It's not a fantastic game. It has its problems, um, but it doesn't feel like Origins 2. And it doesn't have to feel like Origins 2, but Inquisition doesn't feel like Dragon Age 2 2. You know, again, it feels like a, a restart where they're saying, okay, new consoles or whatever, new audience that we want to find. Let's introduce these new tropes. And I think that's why you don't get to the Dragon Aging until you're about 15 hours in because mm. they want to make sure they've introduced to both old and new players. This is where we're pushing Dragon Age now but now in the second half of the game we'll wrap up the stuff we need to wrap up and I think Dragon Age 4 for lack of a better term 
that would be done with all this stuff now. There may be a few sort of cameos for fun, but I really do think it will be, we'll take the Inquisition stuff and stuff from 2 and Origins is gone. Oh, That's done. I, I really don't know where we'll go with that to just because of how much happens in that game. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, so it is worth pointing out for you actually, Matt, if for people that haven't played Inquisition yet, I think you, um, the, the, the thing that I did wrong without realising at the time <laughs> was, I, it took me 15 hours to get to that cool moment. It didn't need to. I, it's because I was... Uh, you, you, the first. You were dawdling, Brad. The first area. You were dawdling. You're wasting no, time. Well, see me. I, I was, I was told that I, you know, that I was doing really important stuff. These side quests are constantly adding power and influence to the Inquisition. And the first area that opens up, the hinterlands, is by far. It, I'm not sure if it's the biggest area, but it's definitely. It feels it. It's definitely the yeah. one that's got the most stuff yeah. jam-packed into it in terms of. Is that side by quests. Chance, like a big icy land or? Uh, no, it's it's actually quite. It's the it's the pretty one, really, isn't it? It's the green one with. It trees is. And, yeah, it's the one where they're like, look at our vistas, man. Oh, yeah. Check out our vistas. <laughs> yeah. It is well nice too. It is really nice. But I think I, I spent so long in that area. Like I think I almost cleared it before I um, really really properly started going for the story stuff partly because I was worried that maybe I'd do the story stuff and that area would be closed off um, yeah. which isn't the case at all if you blitz through That's good to know, the story it, stuff yeah. you can that will all be open and the thing that happens at that point the, the thing I keep referring to is um, the what's going on back at base changes significantly and the, the Inquisition starts to feel like it's got a place in the world. It becomes almost like a political force in its own right. It's very convoluted at the start, though. Yeah. It's very like, why is there an Inquisition? Why not? Exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, But I I think by that stage, once once, um, it opens up, you kind of understand it. And it means that you can... You've you've got lots of story stuff to to progress through. And when you've done like a big story mission quest, whatever you want to call it, you can then go and cleanse your palette and do the side stuff and just kind of mess around and not really... Um, you know, worry about horrible decisions for a little bit. You can just go and yeah. you know, close some demon rifts. Well, I guess it's like you know, it's like if you've got a, a big tasty pie. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not that you don't like pastry. It's just that you haven't bought a pie just to eat the pastry. Exactly. Yeah. And so until you've had a nice bit of meat, I all the pastry. Really good analogy. I ate all the pastry really like before that. I got really into the meat. That was my problem. I think. I think most things can be made into analogies <laughs> about pies. Yeah, <laughs> the pie analogy never fails. If you go back for the past ten years. It's no, quite consistent. But I still, with that said, I still do think, I mean, I got through it in what, seven, six, seven hours. And that was because you told me yeah, to sure. yeah. speed up. And that was me. That was me going, right, I'm okay, going yeah. to power I mean, you, through. You do so. need to do a certain amount of side quests to well, you've got to build up your power. And level up as well, yeah. yeah I, mean, I had the same thing with, uh, I still haven't bloody done it, actually, with Shadows of Mordor. I still haven't got to the bit in the story where you can do all the really cool things. Everyone says that about that game, actually. Because they? apparently it's right, it it. fucking amazing. Yeah, you I have hear. to do about six, seven, eight hours. I'm not a fan of it. I imagine they're talking about get to the... The, the part where you can start possessing yes yeah okay but the problem is it's because because it, it is actually a really good entertaining like open world game with sort of stuff that happens and it isn't just a case of like oh I'm near this I can go and do this mini mission it's like <laughs> sometimes stuff just happens and you don't really expect it to mm. like you just accidentally get into a fight and then turn around a corner and then suddenly like you've got three generals and their armies come after you and you're like uh-oh <laughs> quite often you're just like I've got to go yeah. like, which I kind of like that in not just being like I mean I always felt like because it is clearly inspired by Assassin's Creed but mm. with Assassin's Creed it's that thing of like when you've got like loads and loads of people after you it isn't like oh god I'm going to die yeah. so I think ah oh, the it's going to take me like half an hour to kill all these dudes. Because like, <laughs> it's just a case of like, oh, stab that one. Yeah. It's gone forever. Whereas in this, it's like, if you do get overwhelmed, it's just like, 
you are gonna die. I kind of uh, like it, and Dragon Age is kind of like that as well. Because I found out from Brat, I was I've been playing the game for about two and a half hours, and I genuinely got stuck. And it's not a big thing. Obviously, one of the things you got to do is close rifts, just oblivion yeah. gates. But it's fine. It's a yeah. fine side quest. I'm not offended by it. But there's it's like something you just stumble across, and I could not do it. I was on that for about an hour. We're continuing dying, putting the difficulty down. And then yep. a chat to Bratney goes, oh, yeah, it's got, like, you know, different areas of the hinterlands are, like, massively leveled well, up, that, so you that, don't need to go there. So how am I, I knew exactly the that? one you were talking about yeah, because there's, there's this, like, high-level rift that... Um, it just in the middle of all this low level bullshit. Like it's kind of one of the quests that, that kind of lead you straight past it. It's really early on. Go and get this this prized ram and bring it back oh, to the yeah. farm. That that's yeah. an early quest, right? That sounds like an early quest. Also, not something that the Inquisitors should be fucking doing. Let, let's say that straight off. And then whilst wow, you're doing that, hierarchy. you walk past <laughs> too good for you, is it? A really, really <laughs> high level rift that, that like you, you you've been you've been kind of told at this point that. You know, you're the only one that can close them. You think, well, I better do this. Yeah, that's that's kind of always. I I didn't like it. I I I like like that was a mistake. I really. I mean, it's. I mean. I am not the greatest games player in the world, but that thing kicked my ass. If I can't do it on the beginner difficulty level setting, something has gone horrendously wrong. I'm not I, that bad. Yeah, I kind of figure as well, like, there is that element of, it's nice to have that. I do like that kind of scale thing mm. of being like, you can't do this yeah, yet, you made it's too dangerous. Yeah. But you've got to, like, visually signal it. Well, it's nothing. It's, it's just, just like, walk into it, and you're like, oh, man. I remember in Demon's Souls, actually, like, they did a really good job of that, and the fact that Dark Souls did a lot of stuff where it just dropped stuff on you, or, like, you know, you had to fight this stuff. But with Demon's Souls, there were quite a few bits where there was just like, there's a dragon over there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you want to go over there? Yeah. Because there's a dragon not. over there. Yeah. And chances are you don't want to go over there because there's a dragon. And it would just be like, there would be obvious things being like, that's going to be too hard for you. You do know that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just dropping them in the way. I mean, even a lot of people really slagged off Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, um, they did. That's true. I forgot about really that. They really hated yeah. what was I think Wait, a lot of people really hate Oh, the Death Claws actually, I remember. Yeah, yeah they, they, they really but hate. Fallout 3 did that a bit yeah. as well, so I wasn't too But everybody, I think everyone got annoyed because I guess the difference was in Fallout 3, it's like you come out and then you can literally go whatever direction you want. That's it's true. very much an like open world yeah. RPG. Mm. Vegas is more Whereas like Vegas used really the open thing. world setting and the open world system to create a, like a traditional RPG in a yeah, way. Yeah, Of being like, it got open towards the end, but for the first like ten hours, it wanted to lead you through a sequence of stuff, much <laughs> like the original Fallout games did. Though, actually, yeah. people forget that. Like in the first Fallout games, you you went through towns in a fairly static order to begin with, um, but people really hated that. But I thought it was all right because it did clearly be like everybody you talked to in the first town was like, "Don't go, don't go north, <laughs> it's fucking death claws, mate." And yeah. then and then everyone was like, "Oh, it's bollocks! You can't go north because there's loads of death claws." It's like, well, yeah. The difference with Inquisition I, I, I've got no problem with that I, I, I like even having reasons to come back to earlier areas because you can now do it and you know what there's actually a really good example in the hinterlands of a you can clear the whole area and then there's a dragon that, uh, called Lady I've forgotten the name actually um, but she's she's looks really impressive she looks like a dragon you're not going to mess with her until like the end of the game Yeah, it's clear the problem with the rifts are Every rift, by and large, has the same very limited pool of enemies that it spawns. So it looks exactly like the rest of the enemies you've been fighting. You've already, by that stage, so closed no, about no, and it's also rifts. exactly, and it's also like you know, into spicing these up with quests, like you say, get some meat or build a camp, close yeah. the rifts. You're like, okay, this is just bullshit. I have to get through, but I was like, fuck you, you didn't close the rift. Now go make a camp. There's no like hard camp making tasks they're all really easy <laughs> and most of the riffs are relatively simple but this one is just I don't get it I don't understand I like why the it's idea there of one of them go and get the, go and get like the, the prize winning ox 
And yeah. it turns out the ox is a real dick. Yeah, exactly. And you <laughs> like, cannot get it regardless. Oh, why does he keep running off? <laughs> Jesus, he's, he's run past the dragon again. Yeah. I hate this guy. That, that, that quest is actually one of my favourite examples of, of how it gets that side quest stuff wrong. Because, um, you know, some of the stuff, like closing the rifts, it's, re- it's repetitive, but it feels like, you know, it feels important and, and mm. you know... You're the only one that can do it. You're literally the only person that can has the power to close them. With your special arm. And then the the, the prized ram or whatever it was, um, it's pretty much like an escort quest. You need to find it and then bring it back. Except I don't even really think that enemies even bother with with the actual ram. They just care about you. Um, <laughs> and it walks at about maybe a quarter of the pace that you're, you're moving at. <laughs> so what you do is you just run to the actual... A stop uh, and fight, and it keeps following you. Yeah, and uh, it, it just you just have to wait around, and it, it's it, bad. It's, it's not good. It, it, uh, then it just kind of turns you off the side quests in general. At least it did for me. Uh, and, and there were yeah, a few yeah. different. But why are we not done with escort? Well, that's the thing. And the other problem is like the best thing about Origins, especially less so with Dragon Age Two, were the side quests were awesome. Yeah, and they always managed to find a way to tie it back in. Like, oh, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have learned that about Joe and all this kind yeah. of stuff. All the ones in Inquisition are stuff like fetch quest, do a menial task, you know, be that guy. It's like, that's not, I'm the hero of the damn world, apparently, according to your mythos. It tells you that in the first five minutes of you the game. You literally branded but, with a thing that's like... Yeah, that's but I have to know. go and like basically do my laundry. So you change my car or something, I don't know. It's tough like, with this busy work stuff because it's the same issues I've had with Destiny a lot. And yeah. You end up just a lot of the time just doing things again and again. And again. Mm. This fucking stupid. It's like you get a call being like, oh yeah, we need five of these parts from these. <laughs> and, then, and like okay you kill those enemies get five of those parts it's like this is the like 20th time we've done this like yeah. why don't we just stockpile this shit like, <laughs> yeah exactly when we're out of there yeah. like we know exactly what these people are going to want like, why don't we just be like yeah, responsible. what do you want yeah I've got loads of it yeah don't worry it comes to my garage thousands of these things yeah how many do you need <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that, that's my problem with it is that it doesn't tie into this you know they're, they're saying oh my gosh these riffs we're all going to die but you you are the best you know give me a hug and kiss but Go kill a ram. That's kind of the thing. It works in a way, once you get over the disappointment of that, it works to Destiny's yeah. favour in the fact that the story is fucking bollocks. <laughs> and it means as soon as you stop caring about that, yeah. and all you really care about is your character in the world in terms of like you feeling like you're a powerful presence, yeah, so your character right. just becomes somebody who fucks stuff up, which is fine. Yeah. But it's not what you want in, in, you know... No, and it's a shame because the mechanics are good. Like the combat's... Best, I'd probably say of all three because it finds a perfect way to merge the tactical stuff with the smashing your face stuff. Mm. So if you are in a simple battle, it's really nice just to get it done and level up. And yeah, I went back to Origins uh, just before Inquisition, and the combat isn't as good as I used to think it was. It's no. basically like Baldur's Gate style. Yeah, yeah. I didn't it, really. It's enjoy got some it. of the issues that maybe the old-fashioned kind of RPG approach has. Um, yeah, but the tactical stuff in this one is really nice. Like it's really good. Like you know, slows it down, gives you time to you know work out what you want to do the amount of options if you really want to get hardcore with it like you can tell you can get right down to the nitty gritty I've heard though that apparently especially if you do want to play it like the first game in terms of like PC RPG style of like giving orders and clicking around mm. and basically doing the overhead thing it's not as good because yeah. you can't apparently you can't pull the camera out back that far it's true actually yeah, to be honest yeah. I'm not too bothered because it's the sort of game where looking at it it doesn't seem to me like it's going to be that kind of game for me anyway. No, no, the there's only, never that big a battlefield either. The only the only times it really became an issue were boss fights, fighting yeah. the dragon, like, and even then, like, it was usually at the start, and then when something had gone wrong, and I needed to quickly remedy it, I needed to pause and make sure people do certain things. Um, outside of that, and I played through the the whole campaign like on a hard difficulty. It wasn't I was blitzing through it on easy. 
I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, say We're that. all thinking it, Chris. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It, the tactical view is nice. I just, it, it's, it's not, you don't end up using it that, well, that much. Well, I get the impression they've tried to actually expand upon, like, the kind of more action-oriented combat. You can jump oh, yeah, as well, massive. like, and in yeah, combat. Yeah, why is there jumping jump in? I saw your video, actually, about that. You were like, <laughs> no need. what is the point in this? <laughs> why do you put jumping with no need? No one sat there going, I tell you what, Dragon Age needs a fucking jump. That never happened, but for some reason it's there, and it's pointless. I mean, it's pointless. There's and, no need for Sometimes a jump. in the combat, it's, it's all right. Like, um, I, I'm more... Tied to the moves that make you jump. Like, I remember I was playing, uh, I messed around with uh, one of the archery kind of talent builds, and uh, there's a move that has you backflip and fire a volley of arrows. And, like, the times when you do that and hop over a wall and it almost looks like you're taking cover or you're in a slightly better position. Um, I've heard, actually... It does feel nice. I've heard the archery yeah. is pretty awesome. I've heard, like... I think, cool. I think the rogues are the, by far the most the, fun, the, the most fun yeah, classes. That's, yeah. that's good to know. Have you got any other tips? Because you said, like, it's kind of like... Get through the early stuff. Don't mm-hmm. spend too long dicking around with the prize-winning oxes. Yeah, yeah, stay away from side quests. Stay away from as the, much the as portal. You You'll feel like yeah. you need to do all of them because you like. It does every make cycle out like yeah. It makes every out like yeah. adds power, which is a resource that you use when you go back to the base. But you, there are so many, so many ways to do it. You'll find stuff that's more fun than the ox side quest or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I think just try and get through to that big moment when it starts to feel a bit more like Dragon Age, when the story starts to feel important and you're making decisions yeah. which is a big part of Bioware games like when, if you don't have that you yeah. lose a lot um, and you, I'm excited about the Vistas I mean it's like it's just it's looking a, a pretty it's picture. a pretty oh, game it, it's, a re- and with it, it's pretty within you know here's your intro go and if yeah. the first thing you see is a big mountain and you're like ooh it's big I and just pretty. love it I mean I remember like Red Dead just being like that just oh, some of the Vistas and that like that's still the best just remember just being blown away by how beautiful it was yeah and well you definitely get that with this I mean you're taking it out of it a little bit because as soon as the characters start walking he's got the Dragon Age walk and it's like oh yeah it's Dragon Age but it's such a minuscule little thing like just sort of especially when you get to uh, is the no the Gold Coast is Dragon Age 2 is it Dragon Storm Age 2 Coast. is that what it is Let's where you go after the it's one of the early anyway yeah, it's one of the coasts coast you go yeah, to yeah, so. oh man you start off on like a, you're a high hill and you can look yeah, down right. over it it's raining slightly you're just like man aren't games lovely and wonderful I don't care about anything else right now <laughs> it's a really really good that's looking it, game I, I really can't wait just to get lost in it a bit yeah. it immerses you straight away you do feel like I'm in a big fantasy land I think it's one of the things stuff. at the moment I'm, I'm trying to catch up with actually doing some like some, some work at the moment because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not been doing a lot of work lately um, but I, like, I really want to play it but it's like well you should do some work first because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's like I'm just going to disappear forever it, it is one of those I, I, I keep saying to people it's a good Christmas game because it's one of those ones that like if you've got a little bit of time off and you want to really fall into something yeah. um, I know I'm not going to get Christmas though it sucks yeah. <laughs> but next time <laughs> next Christmas <laughs> I'll make space for it at some point yeah. yeah it does I mean I'm moaning about it but you know it's, it's still a great game I still put in 20 plus hours to it and that's a game that I think has problems so it must be doing something right yeah yeah, so, yeah, I'm a I big just, fan. Yeah, because I, I kind of felt like even just the 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 joy of getting to new areas and feeling like I mean, Skyrim was wonderful for that. Mm. I actually preferred Skyrim when it was just walking around. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. I thought the the narrative stuff was a bit. Yeah, it was like when you were in the wilderness, it was beautiful, like yeah. coming through a misty trees to see an aurora and totally the moon agree. and sudden clarity of a night sky. It was just like stunning. Yeah, and then you got attacked by a bear. He killed you. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the actual story stuff was so weak. Like mm. I honestly, I kind of don't understand. I liked my time in Skyrim, but I don't understand how people love it so much. No, I was the same. I was checking this out about this recently, that Skyrim to me was incredible for exactly the reasons you said, and some of the side quests were 
really interesting and yeah, sort of fantastic. Yeah, that was all the fashion stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, but then the actual sort of you look at it as the mate, it was a bit like, mm, well, the main story just right. didn't feel like it had much more but going for it than the side story. No, and you just had to keep um, climbing a mountain and talk to a dragon. That was literally it. Go up the mountain and talk to the dragon. Oh, okay, I can do Jobs that. Jobs are good, on. Yeah, exactly. But I agree with you. I think Skyrim was amazing, but for all the reasons you would assume a video game, with all, with all the kind of peripheral stuff, that's what made Skyrim great, whereas the main core stuff is a bit like, yeah, it's all right. And just, the, you know, you've, I've been in these caves, these four, like, and the, you just hit a wall with the loot, and mm. oh, yeah. and suddenly it's like, there's just so much more of the game to do, and yet you know you've seen everything. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Be... And I always thought that may have been me, because I put in an insane amount of time to Oblivion. I thought maybe I've just run myself down on this formula. Sure. But a lot of people say that about Skyrim in general. You know, even some people that only kind of toyed around with Oblivion still felt Skyrim didn't really hook them in the same way. I think the main thing that frustrated me was I just felt that the writing on the quests was just really weak. Yeah. There were a handful of quests which were interesting, but like so few of the actual like mini stories it tried to tell, like A, none of them tied together. And I honestly think that's because that's true. Uh, from what I've heard, like Bethesda games are actually quite cheaply made and I think they're kind of maybe really? made. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard rumours about this that they're actually not, they look very expensive, but actually, and it kind of makes sense if you look at how it's made, yeah. you kind of like Skyrim is a game with tons of quests. But how many of those side quests can you remember that then tied into another side quest or had any link to... Very few. Oh, very few. Yeah. Like, which is weird because it's, they've created a world. And the only thing it does, really, is it, it doesn't... It, it's very rare that it makes you kill off a character that would give you a quest otherwise. Yeah, and yeah it's true. It's, I think that's that, that's my, my be my problem with the Ubisoft approach recently. I think it's a similar kind of thing. They, they fill up these gigantic worlds with a lot of repetitive things that don't feel like they matter that much. And there are all, a bunch of games are taking uh, inspiration from that at the moment. Uh, like, Dragon Inquisition definitely, uh, like... I was. This is a weird one that I never expected to say. I was playing the uh, the new expansion for World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor. It's got loads of Ubisoft stuff in it, um, which I, I, like. Let's not get into talking about wow and repetitive side quests. I get that that's a bit of a silly <laughs> argument, but like, but yeah, I feel like it is. You know, game. We are seeing quite a uh, you know a resurgence in really big open world games just because the tech's there now, and. It's I don't just doing, want to see them filled well, that, up with repetition. That's the thing. I mean, my biggest problem with Ubisoft games at the moment is they do feel like they come off... You know, they feel like they're mass-produced. You know, I'm playing Far Cry 4, and Far Cry 4 is great. For exactly the same reason as Skyrim is great. It looks amazing. I like walking around. I like stumbling across Rhino and trying to, you know, hunt it down. That's fun. But anyone... No one can argue to me that it is not just Far Cry 3 with a four put on the end set yeah. somewhere else. I mean, that's what it is. But you can't get mad about that because that is all Ubisoft intended to be. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played... I don't play Assassin's Creed and that's because why, like, I hate it. As, as, but it sounds the same. As good as Far Cry 4 looks, I've got no interest in playing it mm. just because my reaction with Far Cry 3 wasn't like a bad one. It's like I played it for about five or six hours. Exactly. I same. basically... Yeah. I went around the boats. Uh, I tried the vehicles and stuff. I found a hang glider. That was quite yep. fun. Major wallets. Um, yeah, and basically, yeah, I just... I went... Did all the animal killing stuff. Yep, I did all so my upgrades. I mean, and then I like, as soon as I hit all of those and I'd got all my upgrades, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I hit the wall. Exactly. I, did, I had no interest in the story. No, like, it was none. fucking bullshit. I I didn't, but I didn't come out of it thinking that is a really awful game. I just thought, no, I was just, just like, oh, it's, yeah. I was kind of disappointed because it was like, there's so much more of it. Yeah. I looked at what I'd done on the map. And again, that gave me flashbacks to Skyrim of getting like a third of the way through the map. And then playing it for like 40 hours, looking at the map and being like, I've seen a quarter of this. Yeah. It's like, do I want to see the other three quarters? Or is this going to be the same? I'm like, what are you going to show me yeah. that is going to make me like... Whereas Fallout 3, they did that a lot better. Like, I remember reading all of the like all of the like computer things and stuff. You'd find yeah. like... Yeah. I remember reading everything because it was like well written. It fleshed out the world. 
Uh, not all of the side quests in Fallout 3 were good, but there were unexpected twists. There mm. were dark bits. You're talking, you're talking about Origins to me. That is Dragon Age Origins. There were no twists in Skyrim. I mean, I think it was like... It's very straight-laced, Or it? they were so obvious. They were like, this is the most obvious twist in the world. Yeah, yeah it was actually... He, like, the amount of times you got to the end of a cave and it was like, oh, actually... The man who hired you is a bad man. Oh, where is he? Is he? Is he actually? All oh, right, all right. So I kill him. Yeah, I kill, kill him. him. Okay, the kill exception him. there, I think, is the faction stuff in Skyrim. Yeah, no, the, the fact because they have so good. I, I, I worry that's becoming a trend for the Elder Scrolls. Like the the Dark Brotherhood quest line in Oblivion was one of the best quest lines. It's wonderful. And the rest of the game I, doesn't have necessarily the same problems as Skyrim, but uh, never gets to that kind of height. Like the when they when they focus on a faction, they know that you're going to do these quests in this order. I feel like that they were very that they were at their very best. Um, uh, I don't know that that's necessarily happened with Skyrim. Maybe the reason that the, the main storyline isn't quite as strong as well is because they know that you're not going to do that all in one go either. You're going to do a little bit of it and then go off and. It's quite explore. possible. I think it's just the problem you have with scale of like <laughs> I, I think, and that's probably again why they don't tie together in Skyrim too much because some people might not. I like to kind of feel like I'm on a journey which takes time. I like to arrive at a town, arrive at a city, get to know it, yeah. explore yeah, I do. it. You like, like to assume the role of a person. Yeah, yeah I'm and like, you know, especially because in the one of the things I really liked about Skyrim was the idea of like often having to become a thane and stuff. Like if you want to buy yeah. a house or whatever. Like having to like earn the approval of the locals before moving yeah. on. I like that, but the problem is it was always so thin. But I guess they have to build it with the idea that you might just hop around all over the yeah. fucking place. And then if it ties into one earlier quest, it's like, <laughs> who's that? I don't, I don't remember. Means, yeah. It's a huge challenge, isn't it? I mean, I've been playing a, a bunch of the Telltale games this like, over the last couple of weeks. And I feel like some of the, what I would love a Telltale game to be you know, is something that takes those decisions that you've made and it, it ends up fleshing out into, like branching out into so many different storylines depending on your decisions. It just doesn't become feasible because, you know, they, they may put an uh, enormous amount of work into to one of those branches that no one ever goes, like, a, a 5% well, of people pick. That's and, kind of the thing with, uh, like, I kind of feel for that. Obviously, I, although I get bored of stuff like Skyrim and for being just too thin and too, yeah. like, big and a bit damp, like... I, I kind of feel for people uh, I kind of feel for Bungie with Destiny because they really people are so annoyed at the, the like the fact that there isn't that much more content coming immediately mm. and it's just like everyone wants new locations there aren't really many new locations in the pipeline and it's like when are we getting another planet and they're like I don't know <laughs> but it's like you look at it and it's like there isn't actually that much in terms of places and things to do but it's all so like impeccably crafted yeah well, the thing. I, I, my, that's what I want to get that's like, I'm like a 12 year old boy I've asked for Destiny for Christmas <laughs> because it's this game where I, if you tell me right now Simon out of everything you've heard and reviews you've read and people you've chatted to what do you think about it I have no clue because you get I think you're quite fond of it Matt I, um, I have the thing is like I have to caveat that there are loads of things about it that really annoy me yeah but overall all I love it yeah and I think it's hugely flawed and one of the reasons I know people are getting really fed up with me talking about it especially in terms of doing videos and stuff and I was like oh when's Matt going to get fucking fed up with Destiny it's like <laughs> the thing is it fascinates me just I because I think that's what I'm intrigued about by as well yeah it's like I both love it and hate it at the same time yeah and it isn't just as simple as addiction it's like there is some really nice stuff in there yeah but I feel for them because it's like guys you've made the opposite mistake of MMOs MMOs like get thin and feel a bit lifeless because they make too much mm. you guys have been such perfectionists. I mean, it's like, it, you can't really undermine that. In, in this year we've had, right, we've had like Assassin's Creed Unity had like, was full of hilarious bugs, yeah. faces falling off. Broken, basically. Like, to the point the advert should say, may not work. Like, yeah, like, start in the corner to say, I've heard some people say it's fine, but I've heard lots of people say it doesn't really yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, actually, like as much as people slag them off, um, Activision have produced two of the most well-produced games I've seen this year. I've played both Destiny and both Call of Duty. Call of Duty is really good. They are both. It's really good. See, we've talked about this on the past few quite a lot. Yeah. It's really good. Like, But it's like also, not only is it really good, it's like it's incredibly smooth yeah. and it just works. It, that, like, It's true, isn't it? That's nothing the about it. It's just been polished to an inch of... And, you I know, totally agree. People like our Activision, but it's like, these guys made some games that work really well. And Skylanders as well. I mean, I don't like Skylanders, I don't like the concept of it, but hey, millions of people do, so what do I know? But it works. And that's complicated technology as well, if you look, well, I assume it is anyway. But it being Call of Duty especially, like, when I, I, mean, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit too early and went, oh, it's just more Call of Duty. But now I keep going back, I keep playing. The single player can take or leave. It's not really, it's fun, but it's... Uh, I stand by, like, throw away, you know, I mean, obviously I was like, I remember when I made the video about a video game, it was me and you watching it and deciding, but I, I do stand by, like, Ghosts are just, you could tell. Oh, it's awful. I it think maybe like, that's why this one feels so good. Well, Ghosts was we, just bad. I kind of knew from day one, as soon as they announced it, this one's going to be weak. Yeah. It was the yeah, way they announced true. it. They were mm. like, uh, we're not betting on this one. We're yeah. going to go come back big. And they did. I mean, because this, this is the one where, and I thought it was the opposite. I mean, I, it did, but you, who knows when you first play these games, how you're going to react to them. It's the one where multiplayer is fun again for me. I haven't played multiplayer properly since Modern Warfare 2. I tried to get into the other ones. It's like, oh, but this one, it's got me. Even if it's just 20 minutes in the evening, yeah. I heal, it calls to me. It is I like, just got to play a little bit of it. And I think it's because it's really polished, it's really smooth, and the most the basic things, like, you know, the gun-to-gun and all that nonsense, it's done so well that you don't need too much around it. The EXO stuff's cool. Because the shooting's so good... That's all I need. And, that's, and it's the best Call of Duty in years. It is. For I, do, me, anyway. I do worry for them, though, if that's actually... I, I wonder, with their market, like how much damage they actually did to themselves just with a duff one. Like, one duff game. It was know, really duff as well. You remember how, how dominant Pez was for years, and then, you know, all it takes is a couple of duff ones, and something I, else is a bit better, and you're fucked. Yeah. I did feel, feel like Advanced Warfare just kind of... I don't know, this might have just been me, but like it kind of sneaked in into the limelight, like... Uh, the actual release day I didn't I wasn't that excited about mm. it, it seemed to be the, the, the week following it or maybe the two weeks following it where the hype started to build up again people were like honestly listen Call of Duty is okay again well I think if I wasn't commissioned to write a thing about it I probably wouldn't have played it mm. because I, I sort of like it's one of those things where and I think that we guess we won't talk about it anymore because we talked about it so much for the past three or four podcasts but it is one of those series where like now unless you're somebody who's as part of your job you play and talk about games it's a game series that people just don't play. And that's yeah. because, I mean, it's not doesn't really get anyone excited anymore. You're not like, oh, what's it going to be like? I feel like it, we, Advanced Warfare has done that, though. Like, it, people, the, there has been a level of excitement I haven't seen around Call of Duty for, for a while. At least within, I think it's mainly just in the media. I think Maybe it's like, so. And also the same with Wolves Draino. I think, well, that actually has the numbers have shot back up again. But The like, difference is, like, nobody is excited. Like, I, like, well, that's not true. There are people who are massive Call of Duty fans and they're well excited. But most people <laughs> who just love games generally is a... As a whole thing and dip into a bunch of things. No one a month before a new Call of Duty comes out is like, oh, new Call of Duty. No, not at all. But then the difference is, like, most people then don't really care and then don't play it. But if you work in media, then somebody has to play it to find out if it's good. And then it's the moments where every year I find myself, when it's good anyway, going, oh, yeah, it's really fucking good. Like, yeah. I forget this is actually good. Yeah, when um, they get it right. It's, 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 I think it reminds you that as long as you hit all the right stances with this formula, it does still have legs in it. But if you don't, like ghosts, it can be an absolute atrocity that 
is just, you know, on nobody's Christmas list whatsoever. But this one is. And the good thing about it is it proves that you don't, you know, because Infinity Ward is not Infinity Ward anymore. We all know that. Don't need to get into it. Sledgehammer Games is first one. They can do it now. They can pick up the ball. I mean, I think they said now we don't get another Sledgehammer Games one for three years. But they can be the Infinity Ward of, of yesterday where they actually make sure that Call of Duty doesn't die a death. I'd love to see them do something new, though, just because, like... Oh, they got to do it eventually. It just feels so held back. Like, especially yeah. the campaign felt like a piece of shit, it, I it, it definitely feels like a time to go back to, you know, the World Wars. I think yes, they're, they're kind of I'll go back to World War II. Call of Duty. I'm I, well up for that. I think, I think they will. I reckon they'll end up doing some sort of inglorious bastards thing. Yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm make, well Making it, it have that kind of Call of Duty-like, you know, all-American hero kind of vibe to it, maybe, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they do need to go back to that. You see, what I love, though, is like... And somebody else mentioned this to me, and I've forgotten about it. Is It's like, it's so now, like, Call of Duty... Everyone takes the piss out of it being like, gung-ho, America, fuck mm. yeah. And it is. It <laughs> is. I know America's been the bad... The, also been the kind of adversary. Well, right? no, because like, for the past, like, two or three games, the plots have always been, like, seemingly ambiguous, and then just gone, nah, they're not. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it starts off by being like, oh, apparently, like, I haven't played it, but apparently the story in Ghosts in the campaign is like that America's made this massive weapon of mass destruction and then some terrorists have got control of it and then you have to basically stop the people who've got control of it because they're going to use it against you. And the whole thing is like, oh, the whole the message of that game is, oh, yeah, imagine how bad it would be if like people got their hands on like weapons of mass destruction. At no point does like anyone sort of go, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be making these things. Like maybe we shouldn't, yeah. blame, yeah. like, maybe we shouldn't be making these weapons. Do we need them? Like, that's just not a question. <laughs> if you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course we need them. The question here is, what if bad guys get yeah, Exactly. Yeah, like, we need it to stop the bad guys. What, the bad guys just stole your weapon? Yeah, exactly. It just, okay. I don't know. It just feels really odd in today's like in, the, in the climate of the world how it is now mm. it just feels like really weird to have like any form of media which is with a straight face coming out and having that they, as his message I think they that's mad I, think just, very, I didn't know that was a story yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure they dared make a political message yet though like, with well, no, I don't think they would because I think and actually I think this is something that just ties into like the world at large Obviously, as we've seen in the past couple of months, like all of the stuff with like Ferguson and all of the other issues have recently. And Battlefield Hardline still being developed, I know, right? Well, no, I mean, it's just the fact that, like, you know, Ooh. I think it's. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's got a point. It is kind of crazy. Oh, know, yeah. With all this stuff and all these problems with, with police brutality. Yeah. And, well, not just police brutality, police accountability. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you should be making video games about it, right? I know, I was, I was, but they are. Yeah. And oh, they out. will. They I was, I was at a, pre- a preview event for that game, for the single player of it, which, you know, has a, a story that, that talks about, um, you know, the American police force and whether, and they just won't talk about it. And they can't, I guess, uh, it's, but it's so disappointing to, to you know, you know, obviously uh, with the political climate right now, is that something that you guys are thinking about whilst developing this game? Ah, uh, no, you know, we, we, we're we here to make a Battlefield hardline game. Uh, we don't really want to talk about that too much. Well, it's like, well, you've fucking got to. Yeah. And this is why I got fed you've up. You've got to respond to This is why events. I got fed up going to events and stuff. And it's just like, when when you have developers being like, oh, we, we don't want to talk about that. It's like, well, of course you don't Would fucking want to talk about Would you like to know how many guns there are in this video game? Works. But you yeah. have to 47 talk about guns. It. <laughs> and they have a variety of modifications. And I mean, the thing is, like, it didn't, it shouldn't have taken like this or these yeah. events for them to realise that that was a mistake because the, the actual problem behind all this stuff is to do with the fact that the militarisation of local police and the fact that they're being sold like fucking tanks basically like military like, armoured vehicles and all this stuff it's like there's been a problem brewing for a while in America in terms of like gearing up local armies almost and and giving them really cool stuff and it's like oh this is a problem and yeah. then to make games aggrandise like, and like it's like that even it doesn't take people being killed for that for, for what you've done there in terms of creating a yeah. product about how cool it is that the police yeah. are becoming like the military to be like 
not a cool thing to make. I don't follow hard lines, so I could be speaking well out of turn, but that's not why they delayed it, is it? No, to that... try and move it away from like the controversial yeah, area. Like, you kill those black kids. Maybe take them out. Yeah, take that bit. But that but wasn't, right? They had a reason. They, I didn't it, see the reason. The delay came after the multiplayer beta, as, as far as I know that it... it it was the reaction to the right. later and the kind of. But no, I guess the point I was trying to make is that um, it's like it's not really about that stuff directly. But I, I guess like when you look at the way that the, a lot of the world is reacting to the events that have been happening in America at the moment, in terms of the relationship that the police have with their community and how mm. acceptable that is, the the sheer quantity of backlash from a lot of Americans who just don't seem to have any issue with the police effectively being like a militarized force who aren't accountable, like. Yeah. Um, and you sort of go, oh my god! Like there are loads of people, especially in North America, I think, who just their political views on like power and government and like control are just like so, so far detached from the rest of the world. Hmm. Um, but I think it's just interesting because I think Call of Duty now represents a kind of a snapshot of what American culture in terms of kind of you know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of does. And what I find sad about that is I don't think that's true of the people making the game. Well, that's <laughs> I, I was literally about to say whether that's their intent or not is the is the other question. I think yeah, they're trusting like, it. They can't. They, yeah, they I can't think, not do that. It feels like they're always pulling punches and playing the campaign this year. It felt like they wanted to make a point, and then just when they're about to make a point, they just stop. And it's like, what? Like oh, it's just the campaign is. It just. It, it. I mean, it really does feel like they said we have to put a campaign on it. Get Kevin Spacey and throw something together. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. And it's just, yeah, you're hundred percent right. It's like it feels like it's building. It builds to nothing. It yeah. builds to nothing. It just peters out and it stops. And goes, you want to go play? The and at one player? point, I was like, is this going to be really good? <laughs> it seems to be making a really good point about because yeah. there's, there's, I mean, this is a spoiler, but it's, yeah, it's basically the point where the bad guy at one point is basically like you realize his motivations are. He's just like. I'm sick of America warmongering around the world mm-hmm. and causing new wars and not ever solving any problems and just starting more wars. And it's like, yeah. all right. <laughs> it's like, at this point, maybe you're supposed to be like, fuck you, man, yeah. I'm going to kill you. But like, I was just like, no, yeah. I'm actually with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got all the characters being like, we've got to kill him, we've got to stop him. And I'm just like, can we not have a chat with him? Can we not find a compromise here? I've just realized, Maybe it's a good idea. It's though. a bit like Team America Advanced Warfare, I've just realised. Like that whole kind of pomposity of it. Like, no, no, we're right. We're right. Don't yeah. listen to the logic he just said. Just kill him. Just kill him. And it's time. almost like within the game, it does its own like political thing of almost having a smear campaign. Of then, of then like having... <laughs> Having like plot developments about the bad guy where you find out other things that the bad guy's doing, they're just like, oh, he's done that. Oh my God. Ignore <laughs> the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's disgusting. He's a definitely a bad man. Yeah, we like, must r- shoot him in his face. But rather than just like inventing that and, so, and like suggesting it, it shows, it's really, it feels like a, a game that's like, the story's fascinating just because it feels like it's actually arguing with itself mm. about what it wants to say. Yeah. It's like an internal conflict. But the thing that I was going to say is, it's, people now like, forget that it's all like, oh, gung ho America, but they're the best one, the first modern warfare. I can't remember who it was who pointed this out to me, but really, the story of the first Modern Warfare was a bunch of gung-ho Americans go into a situation they don't understand and they cause a fucking shitstorm. Yeah. They, they bash into Iraq to do something and then don't realise what they've done, make things worse, and a nuke goes off. And then the rest of the game is the SAS fixing their mess. It's true. <laughs> so it's not like... America, <laughs> fuck yeah. It's like the British going, oh, fucking, you <laughs> bloody American numpties. <laughs> but Modern Warfare, that is, it's really dark, that that single player. It All is. of it is really intense and horrible. And oh, I think I've played no the punches young, to I should probably go back. Oh, man, it's like... It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Like, the story, the, A, the way they tell it, plus how they title him with, you know, being interactive and all that nonsense is just like, that's why it was so good, because you play it and you're like, wow, I really feel affected by 
Shit, you know, by yeah. what war can be and what war is and how people can suffer in war. And then obviously what came after that? Black Ops? Was it no, whatever, whatever came next was like, Wee and it's yeah. like, oh, we're not doing this it was anymore, are we? Okay. Too, I think it was a Oh that was oh, you're right, that was the worst one. Especially because it is the spiritual or well, direct sequel to that game. And it's like was blow it? up everything. I think it was what no, it was World of War that came after wasn't it? And that was the one where it was like Well that was the worst. That was the embarrassment that was, because it was like after the one of the best games ever, then it was like Trey up being like Here's our one. <laughs> and everyone being we, like, we didn't realise you changed everything about I, Call of Duty. I don't mind if you want to make your game needlessly gory, I guess. But in a game which is just based on, you know, it, it treats people like savages, that game. Oh, it's really, oh, World it's, of War is the problematic like, to hell and I back. I honestly think, like, the, the way that they've evolved in terms of the narrative really fascinates me. Because I guess that what was wonderful about the first Modern Warfare was they, they weren't making it for... Well, they were making it for an audience, but they weren't making it to suit a, a particular Yeah, you're audience, right. You know? yeah. They didn't have the mega audience until after that game. Mm. So those guys just were just making a fucking good modern shooter mm. trying to tell a modern story about yeah. war. And then after that, it was more that like you have an audience of this demographic. You have to please that demographic. It's true. And I don't I, think that happened immediately, but I think that's definitely something that seeped in. I, I, yeah, I think so. It's almost it's so cliche, but it's true. It's a victim of his own success. It's like you may want to evolve it, but if you evolve it, you then affect mm. the people that buy into it every year. So when, when does the big change happen? And I think, I still think as good as Advanced Warfare is, it's got to happen soon. Eventually that will die. This formula will die and something else will rise from the ashes. It's Who fun. knows when? It's like, I mean, I can't really say it off because it's just like the well, same way. It, yeah, it's but... the same way I enjoy Destiny. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of mindless guff, but I love it. <laughs> it's, it's like Advanced Warfare, like, it's just, it's meaningless. Like, mm. it's a game with nothing to say and not a lot to add. It's just very good. Yeah. Um, which is fine sometimes, yeah. but it's just it's kind of a problem when you've got like a story which is dealing trying to deal with politics and stuff and failing like, miserably. Yeah, it's like talking to somebody in the pub who will not shut up. And <laughs> there's nothing interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, anyway, um, there you go. That is a sidetrack. I enjoyed yeah. it. I'll tell you good. a little game I've been playing though. Actually, I think Gav mentioned it to me a couple of podcasts ago. I've been playing Shovel Knight mm. on the 3DS. Right. Can I get it on the Wii U as well? If you've got one of those. It's, uh, I've ordered one, actually. Have you really? Good for you, man. I like it. You can play Mario Kart. Good for you. <laughs> hey, it's got Mario Kart on it. The Wii is the best console yeah. that people forget. Sisters got to look out for each other, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm getting Mario Kart with it. Oh, it's still so, great. still the best game. And Super Mario 3D World, oh, which I remember playing with you. Yeah. And having oh, just so good. an incredible time. We yeah. just laughed for 15 minutes. Exactly. The Wii U is secretly the best console. That's the thing. Two I, good games. Somebody it's... asked, um, they said, obviously, yeah. I, was, I was quite down on the future of the Wii U podcast ago. Do, do, I, do I still think that's the case? And as I keep saying, yes, like, that's not going to change. I think the Wii U is, is it's done. It's done. Yeah. It's like, it's fucked. But that doesn't matter. Like, it's like. I'm buying one now because I always said I would buy one when mm. it got to the price where I thought, yeah, yeah, and it's hit that point. And now. we don't have to worry about how many it sells. No, I don't no, care. No. I just want to enjoy it. That's so, like, true. Yeah, there's a real tendency for people to get like stuck in armchair statistics yeah. and being like, my console's better than yours. Because exactly, it sold the most. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just you know, unless you're Iwata, don't worry about yeah. how many yeah. consoles that <laughs> were you sold. If you're listening, yes, you need to worry. <laughs> Although actually, I'm worried about Iwata because I, I, he seems like a funny, nice guy. It's <laughs> true. So he may lose his job. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the Wii is great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, the, what little I've played, it feels like a good time to get it just because mm. it's so cheap. I'm looking forward to playing some stuff. Yeah. And also, I've realised because I don't do adverts on my YouTube channel, I can just put videos in Nintendo games up. And if they're yeah, like, we own them, I'll be like, yeah, fine. Well, yeah, don't whatever, care. Mate. Do whatever you want. Take it, dickhead. But Shovel Knight. I don't know what Shovel Knight is. Should I get it? I have a Wii U and I have a 3DS. Yeah, yeah you should. Okay. Um, it's basically, uh, 
I wasn't sure I was going to like it because it's done to look like a NES game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's basically like a NES side scroller, like Mega Man style or whatever. But it's you're a little knight with a shovel, and you can do like the kind of Ducktail style pogo downwards with your shovel. Right, slowly, and you can right. also just hit stuff with it. <laughs> right. Um, but it's really, really good. Uh, the main reason I didn't think I was going to like it is because I'm not fond of the harshness of those old games. Often they were just like irritatingly difficult. Yeah. And a bit repetitive I, thought, as well. I heard it was quite challenging right I, I, I've only seen little bits and pieces of it but it it's just it's challenging but it's not challenging for the wrong reasons the problem is with, with a lot of older games is they had to be challenging to make them last a while because yeah. you couldn't put that much stuff physically on the car and so if you don't want people to finish your game in an hour <laughs> yeah, exactly. you had to just, just make it very really hard I thought that's very true it's literally just all they did yeah like, that's very very like, true I remember like the early games tapes like this game's got 18 screens <laughs> 18 different screens you can walk on it's mental like how have they done that yeah it was incredible, incredible but uh, yeah so it's this is difficult but it's difficult in a way that's quite fun and quite varied um, and it's it's kind of like one of those games that's so good it frustrates me because I wish it did more and the fact that I wish it was a bit like a kind of Castlevania style thing with a world map and because you go like the screens do slide like Zelda style and you explore the levels looking for secrets looking for secret treasure um, but at the same time it's like it does what it does it's got kind of uh, Mario 3 style world map where you can go around to different locations oh this sounds amazing yeah. This. yeah I'm uh, this you earn money and it's got the kind of slightly Dark Souls style thing of if you die then you leave bags of money where you died and if you die again getting back to it sure. you lose that money but it's like it's really fun. It's got good writing and lots of like characters. It's funny. I was going to ask why a shovel is. Is that part of the humour? It is, but it's like a subtle humour. It doesn't overdo it. It's not like a, trying to be wacky is with he, gags. He's lost his sword and he's trying to get it back. But... No, you're just you just use a shovel. <laughs> he's chosen weapon. He's, just, he's proud of his shovel. He's proud of his damn shovel. That's what it's his weapon of choice. So. People take the piss out of you. Like the bosses, you find take the piss out of the fact you've got a shovel. I, if I was a boss in that game, I probably would. This sounds wonderful to me. I don't this know why he's got a shovel though. But also, it's got a nice story. Yeah. In the fact that at the start, it tells the story of the shovel knight and shield knight, and shield knight was clearly his lover. Right. They used to fight together, but then one day, like a long time ago, like they obviously she, she died. Someone that had an actual sword, oh. Oh. and it does this thing between levels where, like, you are—it's like a kind of a callback to Golden Axe, hmm. like him being asleep by the fire. Um, but then he has sometimes you have after you done a level you have a dream where it's like it's like Lost Odyssey, where like she's falling from the sky, that shield knight, and it says catch her, and you have to like fight the enemies and then catch her before she hits the ground. I'm playing. I'm, I'm it's sold. Just I'm really super touching, sold. but I don't know where it's going with that, and I right. kind of wonder if there's going to be a nice little arc. But on a basic level, it's just like, it's got that kind of classic NES style music. Music's really good. It uses the classic power, like color palettes. So mm. sometimes it has like a purposefully crunched down color palette. Like there aren't enough colors yeah. to make stuff work. Really retro vibe. But also the design of it is really modern and it's really generous with ideas. Like when you go to new areas and stuff, it's it does that classic game design thing of introducing a new things that are just for that area, but introducing them in the, the perfect order so you, you work out how everything works. And it's really good. It's like, it was one of those games where I was put off by it because it looks like a kind of traditional NES-style retro adventure, which I was never that big fan of that era yeah. of games anyway. I wasn't a fan of Mega Man or all that, or DuckTales. And also the fact that it costs like 13 quid. It's download, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's the steep. Because it it's like... I looked at it and thought, you're only worth about four quid. That's my brain. <laughs> <after that. laughs> I'm overpaying. Which was harsh. But no, it is actually like, it's a very good thing. And also something nobody bloody told me about is one of the first things you meet in the game is a, a, a kind of God deity. That's basically the equivalent of the big fairy right. from Zelda because it does like, it fills up your potion Lovely. bowls. It's called the Truple God. And it's a, the Truple King, sorry. It's 
a big fish that is a cross between a trout and an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. There you go. Yeah. Oh god, it's so it's incredible. Like, got brown board now as oh, yeah, well. Everyone's I, I, on board. I wasn't really following it until then, but yeah. We'll it's see. It's like, I just thought this is a really good game for a lot of good reasons. And a lot of people said to me, you know, a lot of people said Shovel Knight is excellent. And I thought, all right, yeah, check it out. But I thought, why did nobody just tell me, Matt, you've got to play this game? It's got a trout that's like half <laughs> trout, half apple. I'm just like, yeah, all right. Where are we meeting? When are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> it should have called it that. It should have called it Truple. Yeah. Truple King. Truple King. Yeah, they should have. That would have been better. Um, but I will play this. You have just, whoever makes this game, you have just earned them £13. That yeah, sounds like something no right regrets. up my street. No regrets. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. It's really, really nice. Really mm. good. Um, yeah. You've been playing anything else, Brett? Uh, I've been having a bit of a Telltale binge. So I don't know if you guys know this, but Telltale Games. Uh, At least all the games. And they're also releasing some pretty good ones at the moment. Like, I, uh, The Walking Dead Season 2 earlier in the year, really big fan of that. And so, yeah, two very different things in the last couple of years. Yeah, I haven't touched them since The Walking Dead. I played a bit of Wolf Among Us. Didn't really like Yeah, I think I was probably the same, you know. Uh, And I didn't bother with Walking Dead Season 2. I I I feel like I had my fill. Um, well, I, I honestly think you should go back to season two. It's, it's, it's great. But the, good? Okay. The, the two over the last couple of weeks were Tales from the Borderlands and Game of Thrones, which, like, before I'd played either of them, I had two very different reactions to those franchises being involved with Telltale. Like, Game of Thrones feels like this perfect mix because it's a, a world of very harsh decisions and consequence. And um, tying that with Telltale make, makes a lot of sense. But they released a trailer that was pretty much just like... It was just the major characters from the TV show. Um, I think it's it's actually they are linked with HBO in terms of distribution or something um, and you know they want to get that TV audience on board but that turned me off because I thought they were going to tell a story that couldn't have much choice involved because if you're talking about the main characters I already know all the choices yeah. they have and then Tales from the Borderlands on the other hand Borderlands I, Handsome Jack's quite funny but I do not care about that universe uh, <laughs> at all like the, the story is uh, has never been the, the thing that's kind of drawn me into it no um, you know, it's I thought they did a decent story. Yeah, it's all right. The second game, particularly, I thought. Yeah, actually, that was quite a decent story. Yeah, um, takes a hell of a long time to get don't through it though. Really um, care, but yeah, both of them surprised me really nicely. Like uh, Tales from the Borderlands uh, is has the 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 Borderlands humor without the kind of the grinding, which I've I've kind of fallen out of love with uh, the actual Borderlands style of game. Uh, but it's got the better parts of the humor from Borderlands Two, and also it. It's not just... It knows it's a Borderlands game and makes jokes about that, but it also knows it's a Telltale game. And it knows that you have played Telltale games before and have expectations of what that means. And so it does some interesting stuff. There's, It's a story that's told by two characters. Um, one is this kind of... A, a kind of middle manager in Hyperion, which is the, the Handsome Jack's company, and another one is just kind of a con artist on the actual planet, uh, Pandora. And they've unwillingly had to work together to achieve some kind of goal... And they're telling the story, at least in this first episode, as part of a flashback. Um, and like sometimes one of them will just make some stuff up and you play through that without realising it. And maybe you'll even be making the telltale decisions along the way. And then the other character will go, hang on, that, that didn't happen. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like but, Dragon Age 2. That sounds frustrating, but it's actually done in a really funny way and, and quite sparingly. And um, yeah, also like... You know, the kind of cutie prompts that, that Telltale has, you know, you've got your decisions and the other part of the game is kind of, you know, press W to, to avoid a sword cutting off your head or whatever. It plays around with that. And, you know, it'll bring a, a prompt up and you expect if you hammer a button that you'll succeed. 
and your character is like a goofy middle manager guy that can't quite manage to do what you're trying to do. And it's really funny as a result. I'm trying to say this without spoiling exactly what happens. Um, so yeah, a really, really funny game. I care about those two characters. They also, one of the best things they do in the, the Borderlands Telltale stuff is there's a Vault Hunter character. Uh, it's Zero, I think, which is like the ninja guy from the, I don't know, from the first game. <laughs> and he's going around just slaughtering everyone in the background. And your two characters are often like really freaked out by him. And he represents you as the player in Borderlands. And they constantly make jokes out of it. It's quite good, actually. And, it, like, you just... see you, you see yourself, like, going around in the background, like, slaying people and picking loot up or whatever, and, like, just <laughs> just good. destroying this world that people are actually trying to live on. And you're these characters that hate co- actual combat, don't like getting involved <laughs> in shooting things, which is that's, Borderlands. That sounds quite good. And so they've created this really funny game as a result. And, God, did I not expect to be impressed by Borderlands teaming up with Telltale. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's too much of it seems flippant. I think Borderlands, when it does it right, can be really, really funny. Mm. Um, but sometimes it's just like... It, it, you know what? My problem with Borderlands, I think, I've realised, is, is Claptrap. I think Claptrap is too popular for his own good. Well, they kind like, of they... know. Because in the second game, I loved what they did with Claptrap. And the fact that in the first game, Claptrap was the most fucking annoying thing in yeah. the world. And then in between the first game and the second game, suddenly everyone was like, Hey, Claptrap! Oh, hey, yeah. It's the best movie fucking everybody I don't think I ever like, got past that. Nobody loves Claptrap. Yeah. He's a cunt. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not my language, but he is. Um, <laughs> and then yes. in the second game, I loved him. But, and actually I came to really like him because they painted him as this really tragic character oh, there's telling jokes like, that no one and like having parties that no one was, wants to go to there was a bit like going yeah. to his birthday party and there's no yeah. one there and it's just like I don't know like he, yeah maybe okay. he still talked about himself as if he was like amazing yeah. but there was something about him that I actually kind of quite liked it because he was yeah. like he, he got a, he wasn't just like a stupid dancing robot he was a robot that was so utterly like in denial about mm. who he was yeah. and <laughs> that he was like you're breaking my heart, dude. Stop it. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, maybe that's fair enough. I might be a bit harsh and little guy, but um, I, uh, the one I can't stand, I can't stand Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina <laughs> the irritates the hell out. The only the only character they've drawn upon is Handsome Jack. This is after Handsome Jack has died, so it's after Borderlands Two. I didn't actually play the pre sequel. I don't know uh, if it's bringing any of that stuff across. I don't think so. Um, but, so um, it's it, it's all inconsequential characters. I'm going to say it's difficult, right? Because it's I don't want what I'm going to ask you next to seem in, inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of feel like after I got a bit burnt with The Wolf Among Us, because after mm-hmm. the first episode of The Wolf Among Us, I thought, oh my God, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then after the second episode, I was like, mm, Lost its way. I don't. Mm-hmm. And, and then the third one, I was like, yeah. I, th- I, think I, just I sort of think like, no. Four. You start with a great foundation yeah. and especially because they are based so much on choice and the feeling of like, Mm-hmm. it's just sort of I'm a bit concerned now about like biting anything I think I kind of want to hear back if people say the second and third one of these things are good before yeah, sure. I, even... I actually uh, I've seen a, a number of sites uh, talking about not reviewing these episodic games until the end I think that's quite sensible talk about them on an episodic basis but maybe hold off on that because I remember like with the, with the Walking Dead the first one it was like that thing of being like every episode was like this is good this is good oh yeah and yeah. then when it got to the end it was just like standing ovation like yeah. you yeah. did it you did it you did it all the um, way through but with yeah, the Wolf Among Us it was I think not the case it's, it's weird isn't it because I, I, I would say if you feel like that hold off until the end but also there is something nice um, about having that kind being of involved in conversation it, yeah. as it's going along uh, you know it's it's weird. I, 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 no, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. Like the sort of water cooler stuff. I think maybe I think maybe you can hold off on Tales from the Borderlands a little easier than maybe the Game of Thrones stuff because I feel like 
Tales from Borderlands is focusing largely on like whimsy and funny jokes. Well, that was going to be my next question. Please tell me about the Game of Thrones thing. <laughs> yeah, that, is it good? Because I've heard such mixed, mixed things. I yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I, I I went into it after hearing that people were. It's been uh, like a mixed bag of nuts. about it. I yeah, I really really enjoyed it. It's the the problem it has, and I think this is maybe the main complaint that people have um have put forward is that. Because you're so it's set after the Red Wedding, and by the way, Tales from Borderlands you can go in completely fresh. If you don't care about Borderlands, it doesn't really matter. Um, the Game of Thrones stuff, you really need to know. You need to watch the TV show or Red I like that though. So I, um, I think occasionally having assumed knowledge for a game is nice because it's yeah, different. No it, games it, do that. It actually, uh, <laughs> you imagine it was spoiler free. You yeah, know? <laughs> ah, they're going to the wall. The wall is a place where men yeah, go. Exactly. Exactly. Serve out for the rest of it. It'd be awful. You want to be like, I fucking know. <laughs> well, you know from the get go that it's not doing that because it starts off as you're. So you're you're playing House Forrester, which is a, a, a bannerman of the Stark family. You start off in the camp at the Red Wedding where everyone's getting drunk and being happy and then this will end well yeah, I mean yeah we know we got a great well. day uh, so, so um, and when the events of the Red Wedding take place at no point do they even stop and say by the way inside those towers over there this is what happened they just expect that you know that and or, or just that you'll react to it with the information that you've got um, which I really like it, You, I really wouldn't play it without without that because when it does bring in characters from the uh the existing law. Um, one, I think actually one of the, the major characters so far has been Ramsay Bolton, which is, um, you know, like the really creepy guy that likes to cut people's yeah. bits off. Are they voices? Same voices? Yeah. Same actors, and right? Peter Dinklage is in it. Totally totally fine. He can do games. He just Dinkles! He doesn't do uh, Destiny. <laughs> he just do moon He just, funnily enough, like lots of actors, probably phones in lines every <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been paid a lot of money yeah. to do. So look at it go... All right, yeah. <laughs> that wizard came from the moon. <laughs> I'm going home. Yeah. No, not the same here. It's good. Um, yeah, it's voiced and they're, they're, they've got the same likeness. Although they've got this... My, my only actual... My complaint with, with the whole thing has is, is been that it's like it's this weird mix of the kind of telltale traditional art style mixed with this kind of... Photorealism. Yeah, and... Oh, really? But they, well, they, well, they've done quite. a little bit of like... like they've got this kind of paintbrush effect. So it's I think it's almost supposed to like... Maybe almost some of it still looked like a painting of something going on within that story. I think they did that with uh, with the Wolf Among Us a bit though, didn't they? It was almost like a kind of painterly. Yeah, but I, I, it it doesn't quite work here. Like some of the one of the worst examples here has been Lady Marjorie. Her face is just <laughs> the proportions of somewhere you can you know it's her. But something's happened to her. So <laughs> it's a face, terrible accident. They're not talking about. Right. What have they done to yeah. her? Um, but yeah, so. Uh, they they yeah. I, they actually handle that stuff well. It feels there is definite definite fan service there. Like Tyrion turns up when he doesn't. I didn't really think Tyrion needed to be in the first episode, but it was quite nice to I see. I guess him that your face lit up when you said yeah. that you loved it. It was you it was good. It. Um, and yeah. So so the, the, sorry to go back to that original complaint that people have had the because your it's set straight after the red wedding, and your family is is connected to one of these major, uh, you know, story arcs. You know you're not ever going to change the world because those decisions, those big uh, decisions, the big kind of war that's going on, those things have already been decided well in advance. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't. I think just maybe care about the smaller things or yeah, whatever you're I trying to portray. Maybe, um, I mean, I guess that the concern is that they need to. It's all very well to do what they've done, and I see hopefully why they've done it is for what I've noticed is, is so you have like Twitter and Facebook full of pictures of Tyrion Lannister <laughs> yeah. and saying and so you can do that training yeah. and so saying going oh it's Game of Thrones <laughs> but hopefully 
after that, yeah, they just need to not use those characters. I agree. Like, like, I, they I, need to just have it full of characters that you've never seen before. But just make me care. That's all you got to do. Mm. That's, that's what I did with The Walking Dead. I didn't know these cast of characters, yeah. but you made me care about them. So. They, they've actually done something. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'd like so they. The first episode feels very much like a prologue, like it's a lot of scene setting where, because you're playing three characters this time and kind of in the Game of Thrones style, they're all, the, 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 the Forrester family has been splintered across Westeros. Um, they, they mirror the Starks in a lot of ways. Um, and like... So difficult not to make jokes, spoilers, carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's, it is, it is strange. I feel like the, the, this first episode was really them saying, right, this is where they are. This, these are the major things that have happened to their family that are going to, you know, decide how your decisions work from here yeah. on forwards. But as a result, you can't really change anything in that first episode. The decisions you make hint that, you know, things later on might, might alter as a result. I've heard a few people saying they kept replaying the first episode. Yeah, I actually saw a Destructoid review that said they, they played it a few times and the the end the end results always seem to be the same. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty standard. Yeah, that yeah I think that happens. That's more just than the way they work. Okay, that's definitely. fine. But I guess it's the sense of like I really think they just need to stay away. And I think hopefully they will do that because they've chosen a location. Yeah, like for these people mm-hmm. that is not really they, they featured. Actually, yeah. They do the um they do the Game of Thrones TV intro uh, in a Telltale style, and then like they do the kind of King's Landing the wall, and then the camera like moves drastically to like the northwest corner of the map and it's like oh here's where you are and they, they do their own little thing for House Forestry which I thought was quite nice but yeah they I want to see them stay in that little corner of the world or, or their little you know where these characters that's are it. there's a lot of the north just isn't explored yeah. or talked about and that's fine and these two families that, are, that they're talking about I, I didn't wasn't actually sure really but I uh, looked into it and I think they're mentioned briefly in the um, in like A Dance with Dragons the, the actual book but they haven't even been shown in the TV show and so they've got a lot of room to just kind of do what they want. And it's there's two families. There's House Forrester and then their rival family, I think, called the White Hills. And it looks like the whole series is going to be about the conflict between these two houses, um, uh, like a power control after the Red Wedding. Oh, that makes and, sense, yeah. And I, I like it. The, the, so many of the... You can see that, like, a lot of... They've created a lot of brand-new characters they've had to. Yeah. Um, but they all... You, you can see a connection between almost all of them and a character that you know from the the story itself um you the the very the characterizations have, have definitely been taken from that which I, I like i hope that they they do experiment a little bit more um so like you know just just like the master at arms at um your kind of town it is very similar to one from winterfell and the, the maester <laughs> feels quite it feels like they're the same characters just with different names. maester sort of thing, um yeah. You know, which is all right. I guess familiarity, but I don't know. I'm interested. Again, I, I sort of it's difficult. It's like it's the problem is with this one holding off. So, like, it has an amazing ending to this first episode um, that complete like like really got me on board. It's and so difficult though because it's annoying because I want to be involved in that and yeah. what excited me most about The Walking Dead when I first played it was it you do get those I was like oh my god it's like that water cooler moment yeah, that I've never understood it, yeah. Yeah. when I'm in an office and sure. everyone's talking about what's on telly and <laughs> this is like, my chance what are you talking about? suddenly it's like this is this is what it's like for normal people <laughs> I can uh, be one I can be normal <laughs> just once every few years I, I was desperate for that to happen with season 2 of The Walking Dead because that you I was the only person yeah. that, that I knew that had played it well, like, small, small violins it's yeah I know it's not much I can't talk about The Walking Dead 2 with anyone but still it would be nice and I'm kind of worried that's going to happen 
with at least one, maybe even both of these. I think it's strange they're just throwing them out. Telltale keep doing this. Yeah, they, why they, they pace themselves? I need, I I need a solid schedule. Like, yeah. loads of people are excited about Game of Thrones. Maybe it just kind of appeared, didn't it? Like, I don't know, maybe they've just decided that actually the... Venn diagram between people who care enough about Borderlands and people who care enough about Game of Thrones is yeah, wide well, enough. I, I, there must be an argument there, surely. Right. Oh, yeah, no, you can totally play these two side by side as well. Even though I thought maybe that's too much telltale, they're very, very different tones, as you might imagine. Um, I still would have Maybe they're just off. made by different teams with different marketing yeah. departments. I just <laughs> have no idea. They don't talk to each other. What do you mean you just released yours? <laughs> it's just like, I, 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 oh, my God. <laughs> we're ruined. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you when the next episode is coming out, like, for either of them. Like, you should get to the end of it, and I'm, I want to play more of both. And it yeah. should be like, in two weeks' time, that's oh, no, you don't. You have to they just turn up. It'll just turn It'll up, and I'll be like, "Oh shit, what happened in that first yeah. episode?" That's I the problem. It's so frustrating because, like, after years of making kind of a bit not quite very good point-and-click episodic things, yeah. they nailed it so hard with the first Walking Dead, and gave me such immense faith in the company. Yeah. Um, and then after that, like, it's sort of been a bit wobbly. Like, yeah. and I, you know, I just. I do really want to get involved with it and I want to have that kind of episodic thing where I'm jumping on it straight away but I just feel like it's one of those things where I could just buy just the first episode mm. but then it's like well it's not really good value so you might not if you buy, don't know when the next one's coming either it, like. you might buy the full thing but then yeah. what if it's yeah, like if it's, not very it, good I mean, again it's like £22 isn't it I think for like a, a full season of either of these they like, just need to do one a week or whatever just make the damn game and then release it in you know I just feel like they haven't got consistent works. enough with their craft to be totally agree. to do that like yeah. it's I don't know it's like I mean the Walking Dead TV series I'm watching now like if suddenly they reinvigorated their funding model or something for television and said hey next series of Walking Dead TV shows out if you want to watch it it's going to be 15 quid Mm. I'd be like, yep, yeah, all right, because you know I've I've seen enough of what they do to, to know like it, that yeah. they'll probably it might be like not as good as the last one, but it'll be like it'll yeah. be quite good. Yeah. Like whereas I just I feel like it's like unlike when you have a TV shows, you sort of think this is going to consistently be quite good. I I, I just don't know which so, they are. So maybe like yeah yeah that's fair enough. Like but so maybe the episodic formula for games is considered new or whatever, but it's. They're learning from the TV model, right? Like they're learning from people watching an episode of maybe The Walking Dead or The Game of Thrones, and then going to the office or, or and getting whatever, excited like about it. next Wednesday, or whatever. To, yeah, like, to watch another one. How did they not learn that bit? There's obviously a reason no, you, there. You're completely but, right. The scheduling is so important. Mm. Like you, you need, need to get excited with, about it, even if it's a month away or yeah. two months away. You need a date. I think it, I think that's actually what killed season two of The Walking Dead. It definitely had enough. It made people were worried about it because it was it was weird to have uh, you know a new protagonist or whatever, but. That series has got a lot of love for so few people to be talking about Actually, it. Actually, I mean, one of the podcasts I'm most enjoying at the moment, it's, it's kind of like taping off a bit now because you kind of get the impression maybe it serial. doesn't have... Yeah, yeah, maybe you kind of get the impression it doesn't... Maybe it might not have that many places to go yeah. because obviously if they did, then... That Thanksgiving week, like, hurt me. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I mean, Serial, basically, yeah. is a podcast about... So I'm not sure how I feel about it in some ways because it's kind of like maybe capsulising on the death of somebody an actual death but it's really good uh, and it's it's basically you should just check it out listen to it from the start it's kind of fascinating I bet half the fun is that it comes out on the every same Thursday, day every Thursday and that's what you look forward to last yeah, week that's it was so important because it was Thanksgiving oh, because a bunch of Americans are doing something with a Turk <laughs> and no podcast for me oh, yeah. fuck off it annoys doesn't it because you really get into that routine annoyed. and that's why it ruined my day yeah it also it. it also like just just with within our office, like we were, there were I think there's like three of us listening to at the moment, and there was quite quite a lot of hype about it each week. Just having a week off unexpectedly because yeah. it, it did come out of the blue, 
like really dampen that. So yeah. when Telltale just release stuff and then go, we don't know when the next one's coming out. We'll just tell you like maybe a few days before. They need it. Honestly, I think they're more important than they can release all the games in the world if they want. They clearly want to do that. Yeah. I don't know why. They, I don't know how they haven't got that out yet. They have to. What it's an interesting story there. Just make the first three before you yeah. put the first yeah. one out. <laughs> like, just, yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. You just cheat it. I mean, maybe they're worried about responding to feedback, but I don't know. Like, be confident. You just have to be confident. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to. No, you're right. I would invest in the Game of Thrones game right now if I knew. What are we on today? Thursday. Next mm. Thursday, yeah. I'm getting episode two. Thursday after that, I get episode three. Like, brilliant. Even if it's bad, well, some of the Games of Thrones episodes I thought were, weren't as good as the others, but I invest sure. in it. They need to do that. Episodic games need to do that. Mm. If they were smart, thing. actually, what they'd do is they'd have like the whole series made. It would be a, a six-week thing. Yeah. Right? It would be six weeks, and you get it every week, and it would all be made before they released the I next think one. I can't and then they'd have, they'd have press, like they do what TV does. They'd have press preview yeah. screens yeah. where they'd let press play it under the, under the promise that you say, you're not going to review this, but and you're not going to... And like you have being like... You can't say any of these things, mm. but like just to be able to have like, just treat it like a TV show. Exactly. Right. I don't get why not. And like you know what the, the the trailers they do at the end of each episode. Like I've seen the trailers for episode two for both of those series now. Like would be nice to have a, if like just having a bush a date at the end yeah. of that trailer would be really important. Um, I, it is all angle that carrot. You, you yeah. would think that they would have got their process nailed down enough now to be able to do that. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Apparently not. No. <laughs> but Apparently, then, but, they know, and they're just going to shit all the games out. They both they they were very left. fun to play, though. I've been surprised by both of them in equal measure, and that was nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, questions. First one's quite an easy one, so we can cover that one quite easily. Um, Rob Crossland says, Buggy, unfinished games. The reviewers need to be harsher on day one offerings before devs slash publishers take note. That's not the problem. That's not the problem yeah. at all. The problem is that a lot of... Um, developers and publishers don't get codes people before day one mm-hmm. or, or they recently get it. like you, we haven't had access to the online multiplayer in advance yes. and that will be on well, release date I, I remember I mean, this is years ago but when like online multiplayer was it like everyone got right this is a thing now I'm still Events working on magazines and they were where you just have to like, play the game in retail when it comes out online. We don't, we don't have any so review facilities. <laughs> so it's like, you put an eight, a, I don't know, a seven on it. Why? You didn't talk about the multiplayer. I couldn't you, play did, it. you didn't let me play it. Like, yeah. what do you want? Especially with magazines. It's like, you've, you've got to... Well, deadlines are so far in yeah, advance. Like, we'd always used to ask, can I play the multiplayer? No, we don't care about that. And even now, they haven't got it right. It's like, come on, guys. Surely by now you must have it down. But it's increasingly, terrible. increasingly, they either don't give you code until the game is out or mm. just about to be out, yeah. or they give you code early but then embargo you to other nines. The problem is at the moment, like everyone's like, "Oh, what will it take for devs and publishers to take notice?" I don't know because devs and publishers don't really care. Like, no, they don't. No. That's the problem. Is I don't think the only thing that will change it is if if people end up actually boycotting games on a major scale. But you got to vote with your wallet. It doesn't really. Yeah. Apart from that, at the moment. The problem is not to do with press not being harsher. It's the fact that you just can't get access to stuff. Um, well, no, and no. also, like, especially the fact that, like, as a solo entity, like, if you've if you're a publication and you've maybe like pissed off a uh, publisher or developer, more often publishers, it's more often PR. Yeah, than yeah, annoyed. yeah, they're not really annoyed with you. It's just somebody senior to them has had a go at them, and mm. now they're like, oh, they're kind of annoyed with you simply because you've made them trouble. Um, then that can be a problem. But if you're in a publication, it's not too bad because maybe somebody else in the publication can talk to them about it, smooth it out, mm. or whatever. Or maybe the bosses can be like, oh, yeah, that employee might have pissed you <laughs> off. But you, can, <laughs> but you can fix that. But if you're like a single person, like if you're just like me, just mm. a, like if you piss off a publisher, 
that's it. Like, yeah. You're fucked. Because it's not even a case of like somebody else who you work with can go and smooth it out or your boss can talk to them or whatever. You, or you, your boss can tell them that maybe you should apologise for something. Like You just can't. They're just not going to reply to you. And it is weird. It's this funny thing of being like, people being like, oh, why don't people call out stuff? It's like, well, I don't call out like dodgy quality of early review code most days because nobody sends me anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. for reasons I'm not sure about, I've, I've pissed off most publishers, I think, um, because they just often either don't reply to my emails or they do reply and then don't do the things that they say they were going to. Always nice. Which is kind of standard, but I just can't be bothered because chances are at some point I've pissed them off and I sort of think, all right, I'll I'll do it without this. But that's an easy question. It's not our bloody fault. No. It's the publishers. I think review review processes are, people are talking a lot more about that and and how that needs to change with, particularly with like stuff like the online multiplayer not coming in until later on. I think, I think people are reacting to that. The problem is, large. it used to be that, like, if you worked in print, you could get access to it a lot earlier. Weeks, weeks because before, yeah. you had to. Jesus. Otherwise, I never had access to <laughs> sometimes like a before. month before yeah. launch, like, and that was because you had to play it, review it, and then put the mag in. But that was like a two-way thing. Mags had huge circulations. Mags were like one of the best ways to get people to hear about games. So. Mm publishers would be like we need to get the code finished yeah. for reviewers so that we can get the good review of our good game in the mags sell copies whereas then it became this thing of online journalists were always really fucked off because they're like well they've had it for weeks yeah, why, why can't, can't we, we have it, it? Yeah. and oh, yeah and then like you know websites getting fucked off and then websites eventually start to get more powerful and more important and so then websites would be getting code around the same time yeah. as, as magazines then magazines became completely irrelevant <laughs> And suddenly it was like, hang on a minute, we only really ever needed to give it to people really early for the magazines. Now we don't need to do that. We can just stop doing it. And now they've gone, hang on a minute. Don't give it to them at all. Nobody really cares. Yeah. Like we can just give it to some YouTubers and they'll yelp over it for 10 minutes and that will sell infinitely more copies yep. than a critique. Because you know what? Critiques can sometimes be negative. <laughs> YouTubers love it. <laughs> whereas, whereas a YouTuber going, look at me, I'm a knight, will be fine. <laughs> ten out of ten. Um, so yeah, it's the, the, the big problem is, is nothing to do with press really. It's the fact that publishers... Do not give a fuck. Yeah. And um, fair play. But it is it's ridiculous now. It seems like often the best way is like, it seems like if I wanted to take it seriously, the best thing to do would just be like, get loads of contacts in dodgy warehouses or like dodgy games. Yeah, shops. like independent games just like, go in there and get it early. consistently get access to code yeah. better by not getting signing it, things. By not yeah. signing things. So true. So um, true. Which is insane. But anyway. We live in a crazy world. Um, yeah, we just got to wait for the, the, the mighty eclipse of the point at which publishers and PR decide that dealing with games media in terms of giving them things and helping them is in any way beneficial to them. Yes. Because exactly. at the moment, they've kind of decided that it just isn't. They can't be asked. And so they can't Lovely be asked. people. Well, it's fair enough. It's, they've got a job to do. Well, it's their code. Their game, they can do whatever they want with it. Yeah, but on just... the other side of the fence, it creates problems for journalists because they've got a job to do too. Yeah. And they're at war. It's... Not like <laughs> real war. But... And there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, first, Miller's Christmas <laughs> Massacre coming soon. Yeah, got Read about it in the yeah. Daily Mail. Couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. You play video games. Exactly. Therefore, I am this evil. This video game loving muscle man. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we've gone through like quite a long podcast so far without you reacting angrily towards anything like this is the first hint of Simon wanted to go to war with something oh there we go yeah, yeah. I'm building I'm building yeah, yeah. my anger right. I'm going to explode okay. it's, by it's the, the end voice. Of it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too hard to shout with this voice okay. I like to think we have a different atmosphere here you know <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm to... I used to be really angry all the time but and now we're calm and happy yeah, and everything's fine. good with the world um, uh, da, 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 da. 
Mr. It's Not Stephen says, <laughs> please cover the awful Destiny updates. Can't wait for this. I'm not going to do that because I've talked about Destiny and it's Destiny updates are not going to be of much interest to most people, but I'm sure I'll be talking about it in a separate video because as you haven't known, if you haven't noticed, I've been talking about Destiny fuck tons, <laughs> like way more than anyone wants, most people, but... So I've kind of tried to cordon that off now. It's like a like crime have a little scene, area for you know? Okay. Yeah, you know, nobody wants to see dead bodies apart from the forensics team, so just, you know, <laughs> just keep the dead body in the dead body box. Um, da, 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 da. And finally, let's just have a, this is a good one. Luke Summerhays asks, what's your best Christmas gaming experience? Oh, that's easy. I thought it was going to be hard. It's not. It's Ocarina of Time. That came. Well, I got it for Christmas. Oh yeah, of course it is. I think I, it came out over Christmas. I assume because I got it. I over think it was Christmas, Christmas of nineteen ninety six. Uh, yes, I, I don't know the year. I can't pretend I do. So go with yes. That's that's hundred percent correct. I have no idea. It's in ninety five yeah. or ninety six, I think. Okay, but that was uh, yeah, that was easily. I remember I got it on Christmas Day. I remember I wanted to play it so badly that when my mum said we're going to my grandparents' house, I went nope. I I stay here, but I'll create a time. She went, if you do, I'll create a time won't be here when I get back. And I'm like, okay, I'll come. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It's the perfect game. It was the perfect day. Same for me. Yeah. It was just, it just felt like Christmas. I don't really know what that means, but it just did. It I was remember wonderful. as well that year, it was a white Christmas. And well, where I was anyway, I was up in Cheshire and it was snowing and it was really thick snow outside. Mm. And I remember like, I think it was unboxing day. Like people coming and knocking on, people saying, "Are oh, you going to come out and play?" It's no, it's no, oh, yeah, no. I'm and I was like, "I'm." And I remember when I got you the knock. Fucking children, get out of here! I'm in higher all you idiot. <laughs> no, I, when I got the knock though, I was I was actually at that point I was squaring up to Dark Link in the ice place to get the ice to get the metal boots. Oh, oh so it's like I was in the so ice good. area. You were there, so they were like, "Oh, come outside and play in the ice," and I'm like, "I am." Yeah, <laughs> I've I, I've never been so wonderfully gripped by something for such a long period of time yeah. just got lost in that game exactly and obviously you know at the time school holidays and stuff and it was just every day wake up that lovely kind of wintry morning run downstairs play our career at a time opening on Christmas day and being like yes that's what I'm fucking talking I got about so, I got so for months I got so excited yeah, being like, me too. I need to get this for Christmas I need it yeah. and then being like reading the magazine there's going to be a gold cartridge version I'm like I need the gold cartridge one <laughs> exactly. I need the, it has to be the golden yeah, one don't get it wrong and then being like actually the golden one's not coming out I'm like actually no the golden one's fine <laughs> yeah. and then it being like actually they'll all be gold and I'm like hey, just get me it's going to I need the gold one um, and yeah so actually my dad was furious because I couldn't wait on Christmas Eve I went to Blockbusters and I rented it Is it really jeez I dad, like it I respect my it my dad came in and he saw and yeah, I guess from the look on my face or whatever he clocked and he was like What's that you're playing? And and he clocked it, and he was like, "Take it back now." Really? Yeah. Oh it, man. Because I'd spoiled I'd spoiled my own Christmas. Oh, I did. I'd, I oh, basically I got around the. I'd circumvented the rules didn't of Christmas. Didn't wrong. I didn't open any presents. I didn't open any presents. Went a blockbuster. <gasps> Put my hands behind my head. <laughs> yeah. You all. can't do me. It's all in my book. I found GTA San Andreas on top of the wardrobe. You opened a Christmas present. No, that's not the same. In my, you said my I did something same. That is not the same. It's exactly the same. It's not the same. No, no, no. no. Well, okay, Matt no, used his intelligence no to point, play a game. Matt, you stole yours. At no point had my parents said, Chris... You stole your parents' property. Don't. Go to jail. <laughs> We're going to put something up here that isn't... That isn't, you know, family oh, right. it's not for anyone to use. How old are you in this story? Younger than the age. Yeah, yeah. That's going to say if you're 18 so and you're doing this. they were responsible parents anyway. That's right, what okay, I'm trying to say. And I, I think I played through like. Quite early on in December. <laughs> and then put it back. <laughs> put it back. They don't know. They, I, I, I feigned like excitement. You're a terrible son. You're I a just, terrible son. I was just so excited about playing Ocarina of Time. Me, me too. That I, I just couldn't. I decided 
I couldn't wait, and I had to <laughs> plan play the day to circumvent this not waiting. No, I, nothing wrong. I was like, nothing wrong. It'll cost me four pounds or whatever to rent it. I thought like it's worth four pounds. Yes, I to agree. play it now. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of those difficult things about growing up. You won't understand this, Brad. But like, I think for for me and Miller, it's like that thing of like, I love games and I love the medium, and I continue to be fascinated and excited by it and really interested in it. But I will never be as happy in my life as I was when I was first playing Ocarina of Time. It's, it's, it's 100% correct. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most factual statement that's ever been said. <laughs> like, it just is. It was a different time, and, and I was a different person. San Andreas person. was pretty good. Like, you I could know, go to the gym. doesn't have the magic. It doesn't have <laughs> the magic. you like that. We were just well, the right age, the right time. Really were. Christmas. Yeah. And it's, it's magical and all that bollocks. And, anyway. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's like, I've just never been so happy. And I will, I will not be that happy nope. ever again. I'll, I'll have a kid, right? And at mm. some point, I'll be looking down at a fresh baby... Freshly born. Fresh. Fresh baby. Fresh babies. <laughs> Come and get your fresh baby straight out of the Uh No, I'll be looking at a... Uh... You've tickled Simon with the use of badge there. It's the last thing I was expecting. It's fine. It's fine. I couldn't resist. Um, but yeah, I was... I. I'll be looking at like a newly. I'll be looking at a baby and thinking, "This is my, this is my son." Yeah. But I'll, I'll like, I'll have to stop myself from looking, looking to the mother and saying, "This isn't. I don't. This is. <laughs> don't get me wrong. This, this is different. But I was still happier <laughs> when I was playing on Korean time. <laughs> I, I, I'm for, I agree. I would say, unfortunately, it's not unfortunately. It's because it was. We were the perfect age to experience that game where you could kind of suspend your disbelief and get lost in it. And then, like I say, because it was Christmas, you had time off and you had the excitement. I don't get excited about games coming out anymore. I look forward to them, but I don't get excited about them. And I think the thing is, I mean, you obviously, uh, you know, I, I kind of forced you through charity to play that yeah. game by being like, here, I'm giving you a yeah, game console. I'll give you everything. It's the wrong time in my life. Well, that's the thing that I kind of, for- one of the things I forget is that now so much of Ocarina of Time was such an influential game that so many of those things now like so many of the ideas and things in it have just been rehashed and reused and seen so many things but I think what it's so hard to remember is that so many things in that game like it was so innovative at the Mm. time like so many ideas so many things that that people had never seen before so many ideas yeah that yeah. you just didn't know to me that like, I think we mentioned this uh, when, when Kez was on actually I, that, to me that's just the Zelda formula now that's yes. what I expect from Zelda yeah, games yeah that wasn't Think, the case yeah. and that's the thing it was, it was just like I remember the point at which I realised that first of all the point at which I realised you went like forward in time by seven years and everything oh. changed I was like what the fuck yeah, it's like a whole new game <laughs> and then the point at which I realised that you had to steal the horse by like just riding it fast enough to jump over and I was like this is crazy it, like, is ro- it, it really was like, just you're fascinating like, the, the, it just it, it didn't make sense, like in a yeah. weird way. Like this is having, what games did. No, games like, didn't it, do this. It, or like, especially the fact that he didn't tell you what to do. It would just be like you just work out and you go whoa. Yeah. And had all these mad secrets like the pose and the bottles and stuff. And yeah, it was so layered. Like we're talking about how Dragon Age has too much to it because we expected it didn't do that then, but it had so much to it. Yeah, like that. Then oh, it was just there weren't games like that, and yeah. it was just like what the fuck? When does this rabbit hole end? Yeah. Um, That's true. I mean, that is easily. You know, and it will always be my favourite gaming experience. I've had good Christmases since, but yeah, but that won't get topped. That won't get topped. Never. And on that, it's kind of always like makes me happy to remember that, but always it's fairly depressing. You sort of think that was the peak of my life. Yeah, I've had it already. But at least we lucked out because I I honestly think that we were really lucky to be in an age group where that was just yeah when that happened totally because I I think there would have been for every generation there would have been a game actually like GTA three and GTA San Andreas. Mm -hmm. I think for my little brother who's. Maybe oh, so like I, I joked about it earlier. I was so excited about that game. Yeah, like, I think GTA 3 and San Andreas were like a yeah. big deal for a slightly younger generation. Um, 
But I think we kind of lucked out, you know? Because, you know, GTA 3, it's a bit crass, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We were just stealing horses, oh, not we had, killing them. We had, we had old-fashioned family magic. Exactly. You had your drugs and your whores. You old man. You took your guns. Damn right. Where's my paw? I'm going to pour myself another glass of rose <laughs> yeah, exactly. and retire to the gentleman's room. Let's see what that budget was all about. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, pleasingly extended episode of Darth Souls. Um, I'm not sure how many more we'll have before Christmas now, and I'll probably take a break at Christmas, but I don't know. Maybe I, I won't. Have to do that. I think I'm oh, allowed to do that. You want I can pretty much do <laughs> yeah. what I want. I tend to, much <laughs> to my own to detriment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Simon. No, I'm thank you, man. Yeah, it's been it was lovely. lovely. It's Three like good a... friends and some spirited video game discussion there we go oh, oh. and Brat is wearing a jumper oh, that lights up oh, yeah, Brat is wearing up. the worst Christmas wait, jumper wait, 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 wait. I mean you won't be able to that, oh there we go you won't be able to hear yeah illuminated he's got a jumper that lights up and flashes yeah, you won't be able to see my disappointment but know that it's there <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disappointed in the jumper I'm just disappointed in you <laughs> yeah, exactly well, you're, you're talking about losing the Christmas spirit I still got it this, this is fine this is my Christmas excitement you never had it that's yeah, the you problem never had. Well, if you had Christmas it. spirit you don't understand Christmas okay, spirit you don't understand I'm sorry <laughs> thank you very much for listening bye bye you, you can say bye as well if I'm see you later dudes Oh, that doesn't make you cool. Why not? Riffing. Exactly. <laughs> 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 <laughs>